I'm Sean Granham and I am really glad to present a brand new series called Meet the Movement, starting off with Dean Chu of one of my favourite labels out there called Darker Than Wax. Dean, how you Thank doing? You. I'm very well, man. Uh, nice to meet you finally. Yeah. Just to put the, the, the face to the name, you know what I mean? Hey, I should just say <laughs> the name, man. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm going to start with a, a couple questions about Darker Than Wax. Sure. Then some about yourself and then move back into the Darker Than Wax realm. First off, I'm sure you've had to do this a whole bunch of times in every interview. <laughs> what is the story behind Darker Than Wax's creation? All right. Um, well, to, to kind of make it short and concise for everyone, basically, um, you know, Kay, uh, the other co-founder and myself, we have known each other for more than a decade. Um, he being a self-taught musician, saxophonist, I being a DJ and collector of the vinyls for a long time now. Um, we just met, you know, obviously in the local club circuit many, 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 many years ago. And, um, you know, obviously started playing together, started gigging together, um, and then starting, starting to get an understanding of each other back then. And then we were all rooted in jazz. Um, I've always been a jazz lover. He's been a, he's been a jazz lover from day one. And obviously, you know, with jazz being one of the, one of the main forms of music, it allows you to just, you know, obviously diversify into everything that's, you know, hip hop, boogie house, Latin, reggae dub, as you know, all the different cousins of music anyway, right? So I think our approach has always been about the diversity in music. And um, obviously then we started producing, we started doing pirate radio back in the days, linking up with so many different selectors and their radio stations back in the day. And this is like, you're talking about like proper late 90s kind of, you know, very HTML based kind of radio, radio setup. You know, different like, back then, man. Very different, man. <laughs> so, I mean, but that, that I guess gave us really the foundation of actually linking up with people around the, around the globe, you know. Not only just producing our own music, but also linking with all these like-minded people who are doing exactly the same thing as us. So in a way, we've always been used to this whole, I guess, social media way of connecting with people anyway. Yeah. And then I guess when MySpace came, SoulSeed came, you know, the golden era of MySpace, that was what really started it all, in a way before SoundCloud anyway. So if you're on so if you're on SoulSeek and you're on MySpace, you know the game exactly how it works. Like people are there, you know, all the musicians, all the DJs all the labels were there so that was really our foundation and um, I guess one thing led to the other and then we realised look um, we really needed a platform and a label to represent ourselves uh, as well as the people that we, we, we met musically that really inspired us obviously um, a lot of the earlier guys like Taku Taku was actually one of the earliest guys that worked with us on the label a lot of people actually didn't know about that so um and then that was how we really all started. It was just like this desire to put out music that we believe in and obviously putting out our own shit as well. And people from around Southeast Asia that we knew. There was a scene here, but I think a lot of people don't really know what exists in this part of the world. Especially with Singapore, where everyone just thinks that Singapore is like a dry musical desert, like a creative desert. But we beg to differ, obviously. There's a lot of things happening here right now. And uh, we just want to use the label as a as a beacon to represent that. You know what I mean? To bring down that whole stigma. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's that's basically the essence awesome. of what Dark and Whites is about. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Taku, his release, KT. Uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite projects actually. It's only I think four tracks, but um, that's yeah, right. it's brilliant. 
Oh, nice. And, uh, Good to see you. <laughs> yeah, I, I found out about him from Tall Black Guy doing a compilation called Tempo Dreams Volume 1. Ah, uh, yes. Jazz. Yes. Uh, and it took me a while before I actually realized that he had put something out on um, Darker Than Wax. And the same goes for Evil Needle. Exactly, um, exactly. Because his exactly. Homeworks EP came out through you guys as well. And we talked about that when I interviewed him. So. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess everything just kind of happened around the same time as Joe and Selection and all the guys. 2011, you know. I think everything just happened organically. But, you know, as for me, like when I started the label, everything was like a learning. It was like playground for me, right? I was just learning things as I go along. Some things I did it right, some things I didn't. You know, retrospectively, I think it was just really this this urge to connect with people and stuff. And um, I think as with Evil Nido, he, he actually came to us because he liked what I did with the artworks. So it was quite, it was visually, it was just like a visual connection. He liked all the stuff that I did for all the releases because I, I really curate all the, all the, all the artwork for the, for the releases. Mm. And that's how the whole connection with Evil actually started and stuff. So, awesome, man. And the artwork for that EP is really dope as well. It's like a, a sectioned off kind of, Highway, isn't it? Highway, yeah. It was like a two highways about to be connected together, and it was just that moment in Jakarta when I was there. I went like, okay, I think I can use this right now, and it just—it just kind of makes sense. It fit perfectly, <laughs> man. It fit perfectly. Um, oh, after you and K, who was first signed to Dark and Wax? Actually, the very first release, Costa Nostra, which was a house release, we also, which also had support from Left. So that's actually me and K. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I mean the earlier guys that so obviously that was the first release, uh, Taku being the third. The second one is actually my homie Saul Martin from Cascade Records in Paris. Oh yeah, and uh, he goes by the production name of uh, Sport G. Uh, oh yeah, and Fantasticlick. Exactly, very very underrated guy. Like, but he has his own sound that, and I connected with Sport G like way back in MySpace. Yeah. When he was doing his whole conversation jazz kind of series, so that that was really yeah, that's like proper beginning. And I was connecting with like the Taiwanese beat maker Luvia, Juno Akasawa, a Parisian a mathematician slash uh, musician who was crazy, just crazy with the Juno. But um, recently, just kind of went a bit quiet because of his work and stuff. And so that that was really the early early foundation and the beginnings of uh, of, of of the label. And then I guess when Monk, when Monk came in, when I when I did my A and R, when I discovered Monk, that was what really just, I guess, set the set the momentum going for for Darkling Rex. And obviously with Samuel Truth as well, as yeah, you know, yeah. who's known as Troy Samuel. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, what up? Yeah. Cool <laughs> so man. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's crazy because, like you said, Sal Martin is on Cascade Records, and you guys did the collaboration, Feelings in Color. Exactly. Uh, a couple of years later, which is. Crazy. Dope compilation, by the way. Oh, thank you, man. Man, you know everything, bro. I know a bit, but <laughs> yeah, it's good to see guys like Sir Fodrick and Obliv and yes. uh, I'm in pain. Yeah, man, bro. Yeah, Those are hopes, guys man. like you, man. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. I mean, like, Fitz, Fitz Ambrose is so underrated. Like, Sir Fodrick, man, like, he from way back. I'm sure you know. Yeah. And I mean, my boy, like, he's he's such a hard worker, super humble, connected with him greatly Well, when I went to Melbourne to play for some shows. All really good guys, just down to earth, no ass, you know, just about, you know, it's just really an extended family working together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. So next question. Other than yourself and Kay, mm. what people have been most influential in getting DTW to where it is now? Well, besides the two co-founders, really, my core team will be Ra, uh, Jordan, um, 
Marco Weibel and then uh, John. Um, they're all kind of like from everywhere, but all Singaporeans in a way. Between like Jordan, he's uh, he's Canadian. Rise, uh, she's Malay and she's she's Singaporean. And then John's straight up, yeah, Singaporean dude. And uh, Marco is kind of like half German, half uh, half. Uh, he's he's Eurasian basically. So you know, it's kind of very interesting sort of racial makeup. Yeah. And then we all like DJs. They help out with different stuff. I do a lot of the A and R and the creative side. K helps me a lot with the back end and stuff. Ra helps me in the PR. With the marketing side, especially on the local front, Marco helps me a lot with the with some of the multimedia stuff as well. And he's a fantastic up and coming selector and DJ. And then John, he's, he purely helps me with the Instagram, social media sort of quick 15 second videos and stuff of our music clips and stuff. And then if you talk about the greater greater envelope, you have Archie who is really wrapping us hard in Jakarta. So he's really doing a good job spreading the foundation in Jakarta. Yeah. And it's quite interesting how we have actually a very strong following in Jakarta as well right now. So that's really my core, my 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 core team. Cool man. Yeah, so at um, least you know you kinda of know the team out. It's just that, you know, we we always kind of keep ourselves quite low-key. Um, we never really, do you know what I mean? Like a lot of people still don't know who runs dark, dark and ways, and and I kind of like the mystique in a way, not to sound pretentious, Which but kind of I kind of like the interview. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm playing, but, uh, I'm playing. but I, I think I think it's time that we 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 just become more and more like obvious, you know, as a team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time. It's time. Cool. So about yourself, where does the funk bastard Monica come from? <laughs> that's quite an interesting one like uh, I'm always very bad at giving myself names but um, it was just this very random night when I was playing with one of the veteran radio DJs in Singapore uh, I w- and I was just doing my set and I've always been known to blend different genres together anyway it has always been my forte with, with, my, with my sets and he randomly turned back to me and said you know what you should call yourself and I said what and he just went you should call yourself the Fang Bastard. And it kind of made sense to me. It's, it's a bit of a strange name, but if you think about it, it really makes sense. Because obviously Bastard means, you know, you're kind of quite vague, ambiguous. You kind of come from nowhere, but everywhere at the same yeah, time. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? so, yeah, it's like a mixture. So that's really how I am as a DJ. Highly eclectic, highly temperamental, but it makes sense as well, you know? So that's, that's really what defines me, I guess. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Who is the Singaporean DJ? Just in case there's anyone out there who, who knows oh, yeah. the scene. He's a radio DJ from back in the days. Very passionate guy by the name of Chris Ho. He's really one of the guys that's been around since the early 80s doing part of the whole punk movement. You know, uh, a, a real music historian as well. Cares a lot about the scene. And he's still pushing the scene forward. So, yeah, he's one of our, our local heroes, really. Sure so he, yeah, he appreciates that respect from you. Yeah, and he's been he's been so supportive of what we do. He fundamentally believes in what we do, and I think the movement now has been gaining a lot of international fans. Like Lefto, Lefto has been so good to us, like really pushing our movement out. So he's been really one of the instrumental guys, you know, out there. Obviously, um, yeah, so so many people, right? I mean, I, I'm I'm grateful. I, I'm really grateful. Yeah, I can tell, man. <laughs> So by day, you're a co-director. Forgive me if I get the pronunciation no, wrong, no but Fur? Yes, Fur. Okay. <laughs> you got yeah, it right, you got, got it right. Good, good. <laughs> it's an architectural design practice. Do you find that your passions for architecture, design and music often intertwine or build off of each other? 
definitely. Like both are very spatial beings. So like I don't think you can separate space away from music because methodology is the same. They're both spatial creatures. They're both intuitive and they're both mathematical and structural at the same time. So what I do with my music informs what I do with my design anyway, which is why I, I, I feel very blessed to be in this position. It gets very tiring because Dark and Wax is as full time as fur. Yeah. Like, and I think a lot of people don't know how intense my my life can get, actually. I bet. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I tell myself, look, I mean, I'm in, I'm in a very capitalist, capitalistic society like Singapore where I don't think a lot of people can go against the grain and really carve out a living for themselves doing what they love. So I'm really less than the 5% of people here who are able to do that. So I, I have no complaints, man, bro. I, I'm, I'm blessed, man. I'm just going to keep on as long for as long as I can man you know yeah yeah cool uh, <laughs> you're a big vinyl collector how did yes, you get sir. into that practice um I guess I well my my very first influence was actually British synth pop like very early level 42 human league and all that kind of like you know synthy 80s English pop but good pop yeah. So that was really my foray. Like, you know, I bought, I bought my first uh, Human League LP, you know, I, I guess it's just kind of one thing led to the other. Went to Australia to study architecture in, in, the, in 96. Discovered Chicago, Detroit House, and met a few DJs there. And that, that was it, bro. <laughs> no bet. turning back, no turning back. So what? It just, just, just became into this 7,000 strong vinyl collection and, and growing. So, yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm so sure there, there, a couple of stores out there that wish they could see your collection, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's small compared to a lot of the other vinyl junkies out there, but uh, yeah. it's, it's quality over quantity, I always believe, anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm going off track here because this wasn't in my question list, but Darker Than Wax's origins are kind of rooted in house in a way as well exactly you say because especially as Cosa Nostra that's you right. guys are kind of like house beasts you and K that's um, right <laughs> so what's the relation like how did Cosa Nostra form and why house how did you guys come about making house was it just obviously it was a natural thing but yeah. how did that happen well um, just go back to Perth again like I think house is one of the earliest forms of music that I, I discovered after British import which is very interesting because a lot of other people I, I guess they discover soul boogie classics first right before venturing your house Yeah. it was interesting for me I kind of went reverse. forwards and then backwards reverse because yeah. then through house especially Chicago house where they loop a lot of the disco classics and boogie classics that's where you go like oh samples it's like hip hop same methodology right you go yeah. back to rock you go back to afro jazz you go back to latin same kind of approach so for me it was really like a forwards backwards sort of approach so I, I started digging so hardcore into the soul stuff boogie stuff and that really just formed the basis and then K he was a jazz guy that wanted to learn more about the new stuff so I introduced him to the likes of Moody Man Dio Parish all the Chicago Detroit staples and he got onto it and then we just started muddling around with productions and then that's how really Costa Nostra came about and stuff and then so we are we are essentially like house heads because I think house is just a groove right like if you get the loop right if you get the vibe right it's timeless man it's just like good hip hop it's just like Dilla man there's no yeah. difference yeah. and you know what I, I wish more younger producers can understand that like to know house or hip hop you have to you have to dip man you have to know the roots you have to know the funk you have to know the dis disco you have to know the boogie 
um, Disclosure didn't produce house music listening to new stuff. They know their shit. They know hip hop. They know boogie. They know disco. You can't produce good house music listening to Disclosure. You have to, you have to step back in time, and that, that's what really the DNA of Darkenemics is about. It's about old, new, and the future all together. There is no past, future, or or or, or, or present. It's only what. It's relevant. It's know? a constant, yeah. And it's a constant, yes. That's why I have so much respect for Disclosure because they did their homework. They post about Dilla, uh, exactly. and they listen to like a lot of people that are coming up, like Melodies and Phony. They posted about him the other day. I was like, what the heck are they doing? like? How do they know? <laughs> they have their ears like just so in tune to the streets because they're not about finding the shortcut or yes. Taking what's right. popular out there, and this kind of ties into how I see Dark and Rex as well. It's all about doing your homework and exactly doing your homework from within. And exactly, exposure seems to match it with that kind of darker than white mentality quite a bit. Quite a bit, yes. Yeah. Which is why I think our label is not that accessible. Like, okay, I'll be I'll be straight up with you, Sean. Like, a lot of people ask me, like, in terms of numbers, right? Not that that really bothers me, but. They keep asking me like, why aren't we like a 60, 70,000 strong label like say, who, what, or where, or like selection and all. But then my answer is that it's great to have those numbers and then kudos to everyone out there who's doing that shit. But then I think the, the thing about us is we, we, we believe in growing slowly. We believe in doing our homework, building a, a, a more, a movement based on longevity in that way, you know? And, it, and which is why I think our label is just so inaccessible sometimes because I think we're, we're just too diverse, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think I think it takes a longer time for people to get and understand what we do. Yeah. But once you get it, I think you get it. Exactly, um, yeah. And like yeah. you said, on the one hand, numbers don't matter, but obviously, like, people are always, like, quantifying people's yeah. value and exactly. uh, pages value. Exactly. So it's inevitable that you're going to compare to other people like that exactly. or other labels, but like, yeah. it's different approaches. It's different approaches, With all exactly. the same goal, and it's all good music, but I feel like the... The experience that Darkland Wax is cultivating is noticeably different yeah. from pretty much everything else that's out there. Oh wow, and thank you very I much. Would, no, it's my pleasure, man. But it I means would, a lot to hear that, bro. Yeah, what you're building, I wouldn't expect that to be something that would be built in a day. So exactly. It takes time. Uh, it takes time. It takes time. It really takes time. Yeah, exactly. Cool. No, but it means a lot to hear that, man. Thank you very much. Thank no, you very no, much. My pleasure, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, so what's your favorite record that you've picked up in the past year? I mean, looking at your background, you may need to take a while. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I, I, I think I might have one, actually. It's a 70s Japanese jazz release under the classic uh, Three Blind Mice label. It's a George uh, Osuka Quintet. Okay, I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's called, uh, the, the album is called Physical Structure. He did a killer version of uh, John Coltrane's uh, classic track, Naima. So I basically picked this up from, uh, I think it was from, uh, oh man, from Kobe. One of oh, my, wow. one of my, yeah, one of my digging trips uh, in Kobe. So yeah, this, this one, this is one of my favorites actually. Cool, man. Yeah, wasn't uh, cheap as well. Why, why? <laughs> what's the reason? I guess, I've always been a mad collector of uh, Japanese jazz mm. and uh, and uh, Three Blind Mice, yeah. uh, particularly Three Blind Mice uh, releases. But um, this was just so spatial, you know. Yeah. Uh, his, his take on Naima was so spatial. Uh, obviously, very very Japanese as well. If you listen to a lot of the Japanese stuff, then you kind of know what I mean. But 
yeah, it's, it's just sublime, man. Just move, careful, carefully, carefully program, and you know, like just yeah, just move. <laughs> cool. I'm looking just, forward uh, to, get, to getting in there and yeah, it for yeah. yeah, for sure, man. Sweet. So, what was your biggest highlight of last year? Sure. I think the biggest highlight was actually doing Feelings of Color. Like, um, you know, putting out a physical product with another label that I have so much love and respect for, and especially with Saul Martin, you know, one of my soul brothers. So that was really, yeah, one of, one of the moments for me, man, like um, that, that made a lot of sense and affirmed my belief that I'm, I'm in this for the long haul, like, yeah, fully. And um, just how yeah, our 10K compilation, you know, um, that we, we, we obviously released to celebrate the whole 10K following on Facebook, how it got picked up by so many different around the world that that was beyond my expectations because I never I never knew that, that that would actually blow up in in that way. Well, in a small way anyway. But um, so for me, that was like, yeah, man, we're, we're doing something okay. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a movement and you're definitely moving. I tweeted when it came out, actually. I think I was like, uh, oh, yeah. that compilation is one of my favorites. Uh, I remember it's not the favorite of last year because it's just so diverse. Um, and that's not to say other compilations aren't, but again, it's just this unique attribute that Darker Than Wax has about like expanding into house. A lot of labels don't do that. They all exactly think they're all focused on what people classify as like forward thinking, when they don't realize that forward exactly. thinking music is available in pretty much every genre. <laughs> um, exactly, bro. Exactly. But yeah, everyone came correct on that compilation, man. Shem. Karam Karama Duck or Oh uh, no, I was thinking I was thinking of trying K hard to, but yeah, Karama Duck. Uh, oh, what's the song called? Wait, Professor? Yeah. yeah oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one as well. Um Lady? Yeah, damn, uh, damn girl, damn girl, damn girl, yeah, yeah, damn girl. Oh man, that track is so. Yeah. Oh man, slow, slow mo G funk vibe, bro. Slow mo G funk vibe, man. Uh, Professor is so underrated. I just, I just wish more people know him. He's, he's really, he's really good. He's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. and try yeah. to track sister as well. Oh man, yeah, that. So that was leftos. Free, uh, track of the year last year. Yeah, I Pre- saw yeah. you it, man. Congratulations. Pretty really crazy. He sounds like MJ on that, man. Like, I was getting some yeah. weird vibes. It was just <laughs> for a second. Yeah, yeah. I know, man. That, that track was nasty. And there was a track that he did, like, I think five or six years ago, bro. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, pretty yeah. crazy. Trian is pretty crazy. Yeah, he's been around for a long time, hasn't he? Even though, like, he's sort of only yeah. now becoming known. He's actually... Long time. I don't know if he's had a, like a career or whatever, but he's been making music for a while. Since uh, the 80s, man. Like, um, wow. He's seen, yeah, bro. He's seen through everything. Like, And the funny thing is this. I used to like this production outfit called uh, Chikumai, which is a Japanese uh, sort of production outfit. I never knew it was him. And oh, wow. it blew my mind when he told me Chikumai was actually him. And yeah, dude, I was just like, okay, that's it. <laughs> that's like a and full I, circle moment right there. Exactly, bro. It was a full circle because I was collecting all the Chikumai stuff. And then when he hit me up saying, hey, man, uh, I don't know whether you knew about me, but I would like to join the label. I'm like, dude, you're going to be kidding me, man. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your pass. Walk right in. Here's your pass. Walk right in. It was just like when Moots hit up to me and said, excuse me, I don't know whether you know my music, but I'd like to introduce myself. I was like, Nick, what are you talking about, man? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. amazing as well, man. Yeah. Moots is nasty, man. He's a beast, man. Yeah. I'm waiting for him to drop something, though, because I don't think he's dropped anything in a while. Like, when he dropped <laughs> All I Need, 
that MJ sample that was like yeah. a draft last year. He said he was working on something, but I don't know where he is, man. Um, yeah. People are hungry. We're hungry. People are hungry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're hungry. I'll tell him, I'll tell him, I'll tell him. Yeah, pass it on, pass it on. Yeah, but, uh, for real, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you had to choose one song or project that defines Darker Than Wax as a label, what would it be? Ooh, that's really difficult. Um, I would still say feelings of color, man. Like yeah. if I could say, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't. I think each and every EP released by my artist shows a certain facet of our universe. But I think feelings of color really exemplifies what we are about in terms of the DNA, like diversity, forward-thinking music across all genres. Because there shouldn't be any categories. You can't. You, you can't use words to define music. There is no future. It's only how you think about music, really. It's it's all, it's, and it and it's all been done. It's just how you translate your ideas and how you interpret your ideas. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Simply History said. Repeating itself. Yes, exactly. Full cycle, bro. Like what you said. Cool. Yeah. So if you could change one thing about the scene that Darkland Wax exists in, what would it be? Lose the ego. Be less competitive. Stop having that whole sort of like full humility and I, I and I'll say that because I just think that the problem right now is that everyone kind of, kind of you know everyone sort of patronizes everyone without actually helping each other I, I'm really seeing that whole comp competitive nature I think competition is healthy but not to the point where everyone starts like you know saying hey man it's about it's about this thing over this or this is a game changer or like this label is leading the rest I don't think it's about that I think it's about coexistence and I fundamentally do think it's, it has always been about coexistence and I and I strongly encourage more and more people to think about that stop thinking more about play stop thinking more about my repos concentrate on your music do your homework and the rest will follow I think you nailed uh, yeah. it in one, one breath there, man. <laughs> that was crazy, you're rattling right off. Uh, it's funny as well, because thinking about it, if there was one trend that I could end, it'd probably be producer beef. Oh, yeah, man, bro. Last year, it got kind of ridiculous towards the end, man. Everyone yep. criticizing everyone. It was exactly. Just yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure you, you, you saw all the tw Twitter war, right? All the Twitter beef and stuff. Uh, yeah, it yeah. Stupid, man. It was stupid, man. Oh, the most insignificant things, man. Yeah, over just little words and stuff, which is why I think for us, we if you notice, right, we really choose to be quite neutral. We are in it, but we're out of it because yeah. I just don't want my guys and me to be to be part of this whole contamination, man, if I can use that word. Like, I think I respect everyone for doing what they do because I know everyone does it out of love, but we need to just be aware of these tensions and aggravations and whatnot. Yeah. Fully, yeah. Definitely. But yeah, I guess it's unavoidable sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Is that as well. Um, is that as well, yeah. So, what would you say is the biggest change you've noticed as Darker Than Wax has gained prominence over the past few years? Um, obviously, doors opening up for us, shows opening up for us. Like, I'm about to go to New York and Brazil to do a, a, a five show showcase. Uh, 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 yeah, five city showcase. Um, so, I'm really starting to see more more doors opening. Promoters slowly hitting us up, uh, asking me for like contacts to um, to my artists, booking them for shows and stuff. So I think we're slowly and interestingly becoming like a self-sustainable agency, if you like. Where we handle the music side, we handle the artist side, we handle brand management and stuff. So it's quite interesting to see how it's really. 
I guess, transcended beyond, I guess, the traditional confines of a, of a label, if you like, right, you know? I mean, we're, we're not, we're obviously, we are far from being a publishing house, and I don't think we'll ever be anyway, but I think we're almost becoming like a think tank in a way, you know, like just, just a movement of ideas. And I've always emphasized the label as a movement of ideas. It's not a label per se, but carrying the spirit of old traditional labels like K7, Compost Records, Ninja Tunes, all the old guys are still around doing stuff. I learn a lot from those labels and I want to inculcate that sort of values into the label if you like. But yeah. Yeah. Mm, longevity, bro. Cool, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, doing all of that stuff in-house has got to make your product so cohesive. Consistent. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's right. There can never be any other ways. So, I mean, if you look at selection and all this, I mean, kudos to them with their brand direction because Andre Power is thinks exactly like I do. Curation yeah. is key, man. Conversation, your narrative has to be the same. Mm. Yeah, consistent. There's strength in unity. Exactly. For sure. For sure. Cool. So, yeah, tell me about your upcoming Brazil tour and the NY stops. <laughs> You're going to be there with Negrin Beats as well, right? And someone else. Yeah, uh, Goyama, he's, he's going to join us. Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah, because Goyama also recently joined us as well. Uh, good guy. He did an EP for us, which is a tribute to Hayao Miyazaki. So, um, I know, man. Trust me. I know. You know, I know, I know, I know, I know yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What's it called? Glimpses Through the Spirit Plane? Something like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Uh, bro. Sick project. Sick project, right? Like, yeah. crazy project. Crazy. He's, he's crazy, though, because he does that all the time. Like, he's, he's done a couple, like, Samurai Shampoo and yeah. space dandy like anime flips as well and being someone who's always like into that kind of japanese culture he just kills it man and he's like he's kills dope it, on the boards he's dope on guitar oh man yeah, i need to Stop. interview scooter man like he's on my list and he knows it but i just haven't gotten around to it <laughs> and he's a ramen lover as well so there yeah. you go oh, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah he's a huge ramen fiend um so yeah i'm gonna play with him and marco weibel uh in new york two shows and then um i head over to new uh to rio first to link up with uh, the collective called Doom and then uh, playing with the Grim Beats and Marco in Sao Paulo and I head over to Curitiba uh, further down south to, to link up with the Sweet, sweet Grooves and Invaders collective and then uh, finally with the Nas crew in uh, Porto Alegre so quite quite a full on tour quite a full on tour Let's yeah so how. is it your first time to Brazil? yes my first time to Brazil ever are you excited? So, uh, pretty excited yeah a lot a lot to coordinate but uh I, i'm really excited yeah i think it's gonna be good because I, I what's interesting is that no one knew about the grim until we kind of put him out on the label and then all this brazilian guys saying going man who's this guy this guy is like from the countryside of brazil yeah. discovered by a singaporean label <laughs> out of all countries <laughs> yeah right out of noses and that's why i think we managed to build a, a strong brazilian community through the grim as well so i'm just really Hoping to go there to reinforce and solidify this whole foundation for them. Yeah. All organic growth, bro. Like, uh, no no plans, no plans. Just see where it takes us. Like, it can be very frustrating sometimes, but uh, overall, it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. And thanks to guys like you, you know, like, you guys show love. I'm really, really very grateful, man, like, to each and everyone out there. Like, really, really. Nah, we all appreciate you guys too, man. Yeah. Um, thank you the quality of music that you've given us is just too consistent to do anything oh. but support you guys for these thank so. you man <laughs> nah, nah. my pleasure so how do you pick your track selections for your weekly radio show because you're on UK radio right the station's right. Bang radio. yeah Bang Radio 103.6 yeah yeah how do I pick I always make a point to like link the dots like um, almost like what Giles 
always does with his show. Like I'm very influenced by the way Lefto and Jones do their uh, host their radio shows. Like yeah, me too. They, right? I'm sure you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, just it's just not about the old, but it's just about the new. Making sure that there isn't a difference when the way you blend them together, then you can't really quite tell which is which. You know, I like that vagueness. I like the ambiguity in my radio shows where you can't quite tell whether this boogie track is now or before, and I think that's the beauty of a radio show for me anyway. Because when I used to do my pirate radio called Public Nuisance back in the day, it has always been like that. It has always been all about a mismatch of so many different styles, and that's because that's how I am. And the way I mix, I just see remixing two tracks on the spot, like I, I call them blends. So the whole radio show is just like one, one blend, just one blend, you know? Yeah, kind of like yeah. a long tapestry with yeah, a whole bunch exactly. of things woven in, right? Exactly, exactly, you're right. Cool, you, you, cool. you put it correctly, yeah. Thank you, man. Okay, speaking of like Giles, obviously like his style mm. is awesome and it's great that residencies on BBC One like from Flying Lotus and Kate Chenard, I don't know if you've heard any of theirs yet. They've done two so far, I think. But they do the yeah, same no, thing. Yeah. Kate uh, not just play in the future like housey stuff. He's also got some old school classics in there because that's what he's influenced by. Exactly. Sorry. And the same with Flylo. Flylo's influences are so wide ranging and deep as your own and myself, I'm sure. So yeah. it's cool that these guys are like pushing it forward, yourself included. Um, yeah. Keeping the old stuff exactly. alive and keeping the old stuff alive. Exactly. What's current exactly. and what's next as well. Yep. And that's what separates them because they did their homework. They know their homework. You can't touch their homework because they've done it. They've all done it. Yeah. It's like they, they know and yourself included as well. They, you know, it's very important to do your homework. Cool. <laughs> so do you and Kay get much time to perform as Costa Nostra these days? From what no, I've heard of the gigs, they sound insane. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, bro, we are played from, we're played with everyone really. We're played with everyone from like, oh man, the biggest names to the most underground ones. So, I mean, we kind of play with mostly everyone. Like, I think, I think a lot of people know what we do and um, we're just kind of like Singapore's best kept secret in a way. Yeah. Um, but right now, we don't really have that much of a chance to play together at Costa Australia anymore because Kay is a full-time musician, so he does his own gigs. Mm. Uh, well, I kind of play as Funk Bastard as well. So, um, yeah, not as much as before, but also because the label is growing so rapidly that we, we are really busy managing the label. You know, the dry stuff, accounting, backlogs, the stuff, the crunch, the, the crunch, yeah, the numbers, yeah. yeah. So, the crunch numbers. The crunch numbers, yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah. You know, when we when we have a chance, we get to play together for sure. Cool. Is Michaela Therese a part of yeah. Costa Nostra, or is she just a frequent collaborator? She's just a frequent collaborator. Um, great, great, great musician as well. Great vocalist. Um, one of our soul sisters. Collaborator with us on our first release for Dark Knight Wax. She was Miss Mike. She's so she's the vocalist ah. on that track actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's really part of this very close closely knit uh, group of musicians that we work with um, and obviously you know Taj, Taj which is that three-piece soul jazz band that we recently put up and I was very glad to put them out because um, I just thought they, they really fitted the ethos of Darkening Rex, that whole crossover Robert Glasper sort of vibe you know yeah definitely uh, yeah you're making me reorder my questions because you're talking about what's next before I even oh, get it. Oh, so <laughs> No, no, it's, it's great. Uh, <laughs> so, your latest release features Singaporean yes. jazz and soul outfit Taj. How did you find out about them? Um, well, the frontman Tim Dakota, uh, as well as Audrey and uh, obviously Jerome, they have been musicians in the local scene for, for a while. 
and they represent that young, very informative, very hungry musicians in Singapore. And these these guys, man, they're really talented. They represent this whole rising, you know, like young young musicians currently right now in Singapore. And um, K obviously being a musician, he's very in touch with all the musician side of things. So he he told me about them. I checked them out a couple of times. Saw it, it got got blown away when they did their whole Dylan interpretations. I was just like, oh man, this is it, eh? Like the vibe was just there, you know. Like spoke to K, they showed me their EP, and I went, we gotta do this. And we thought it'd be just interesting to get Jail to do a hip hop remix while we did a Costa Nostra House remix to package them together. And yeah, it was, it was great, man. Like uh, it was a bit of a gamble because you know, I think a lot of people associate Darken and Rex as a beat label, but we're never a beat label anyway. Yeah. So to kind of venture from that into like this very esoteric jazz release was frankly to me a big risk, but it was a risk that I think we needed to take to break ourselves from that whole classification as well, you know, yeah. and obviously gain us a different type of audience, which thankfully it has. Like yeah, I'm sure, so yeah. yeah, yeah, it's paid off in a way. Yeah, I, like that release for me, like it's different to any of your other releases in a major way, and sure. it kind of solidifies the idea that like Darker Than Wax as a collective or label is kind of closer to what Giles Peterson might do, for example. Than... Like Brownswood, like Brownswood. Yeah, exactly. yeah, like Brownswood. Like Brownswood. Exactly. Like there's, there's just so much on offer there. That's right. That's right. Cool. So can you tell me more about the Singaporean music scene? Is is busting right now? Like I think we're going full cycle. I mean, it has always been very busting since the early '90s, like the first generation of DJs. I I kind of technically belong to the second generation of DJs coming out from uh, mid to late '90s. There's always a scene, but as you know, with any scene around the world, you go through cycles. So right now we're getting to to a point where you have a lot of younger beat makers, homegrown producers, and DJs all coming out right now. All obviously being more open-minded than ever before because of social media, you know, ease of technology and internet and all that kind of stuff. So right now, I would say the pace in Singapore is great. Like, I think if everything goes well in the next few few years, I think the world is going to hear a lot more from Singapore. And I mean, everyone comes here to play right now. I think Asia is really where it's at right now. You know, Southeast Asia especially. And because Singapore has always been such a cosmopolitan society, um, obviously from attributes of it being a you know, British colony before. So, you know, the whole Anglo-Saxon influence has always been here. The the, the whole East meets West kind of melting pot scenario has always been here. Uh, so yeah, we're just like a rubber sponge really, bro. Like we just absorb things from everywhere and then we just kind of, we just kind of keep morphing, you know? So yeah. to me, Singapore is interesting. Like having no culture is our culture, if you like, you know? Yeah, you yeah. kind of take bits from everything. It kind That's of right. reflects darker than wax in a way as well because it's not yeah. just limited to one thing. Exactly. Thing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It was only researching for this interview that I realized that Loki Larido is actually you and K. Because <laughs> yeah. I've loved your Say My Name remix and I played it in one of my first mixes actually when I started oh, in last year. Oh, um, thank you. What's the difference between Cosa Nostra and Loki Larido? I mean, obviously, sonically, I can tell, I guess, one's house and the other's a bit more soulful and yeah. synthy, but I- yeah. I think Loki Laredo is kind of like a foray into the experimental beats, soulful beats, hip-hop, boogie side of things. Like, uh, obviously, Costa Nostra is a very house-based project, but because Kay and I also have a deep love for hip-hop, I mean, obviously, coming from Dilla, Trotcore Quest and stuff, and obviously into the whole so-called 
future beat stuff, which I'm obviously very heavily into as well. Um, Loki Lab Radio was just like a very natural extension of what we do from Costa Nostra. Now, unfortunately, we haven't been able to have more time to work on an actual, well, I guess the second Loki Lab Radio EP. But the first one kind of did quite well. I mean, um, Fulgens kind of supported Granny and they had a Fulgens remix as well. And um, I think Joe K played one of the tracks, Keeps in Motion, on uh, his early selection radio days. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm quite itchy to get back into studio with Katie to continue this whole Loki Larido thing, actually. The name also came by entirely, like, yeah, like, like, out of, like, accidents, or, like, proper serendipity that right there. Like, how, um, how did it happen? You can't tell me that and not tell me the story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just a typo error, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Purely from, like, iPad, uh, iPhones. Typo error. I, I think I was meant to type something, and then suddenly, we we're brainstorming for a name, and then suddenly, Loki Larido came out, I was like, okay, I just went, what the hell is that? And I went like, yo, that sounds quite cool. And then Loki, as we found out, is actually a Greek mythology sort of, um, for, yeah, you know, I'm sure you know, uh, yeah. God, uh, like God. Thor's brother as well, for Ex- those who don't know, but watch the exactly. movies. Exactly, if you watch the Marvel movies, exactly, like, it's basically like confusion. So we thought, hey, that's, that's quite, it's quite interesting that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow, bro, you know everything, man. You know no, everything. no. Uh, I try, I try. Uh, it's the least I can do when I'm going into an interview. Yeah, for but, sure, man. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, so what <laughs> artists should we be looking out for this year mm. in your eyes? Um, you mean from us or from generally everything? You can start like, with Dark and Wax and then move on to in general as well. I mean, both are cool. Sure, let's start in general. I think um, right now, I personally do find like the whole house scene like i think cross-pollinating with the whole deep jersey grime stuff is quite interesting yeah there's really that whole sort of uh, hybrid sound coming obviously you know guys like future brown like um color plus on terrorism which by the way the latest color plus on terrorism is really Magneta fresh sequence yeah 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 Mag- Manganta secret yeah uh oh, usb people U- usb people yeah that's a tune as uh, well Yo, like USB people for me right now is is the fresh shit. Like if I can put a, a word to that, it's fresh. Like it's got house, it's got jersey, it's got a whole laser sort of a night slugs vibe that yeah. he has managed to really encapsulate very well in this EP. I was really impressed. Like I was really, really impressed. So for me right now, that, that scene is cool. Like that whole sound is really cool. Um, to be honest, I think this whole future thing is is getting a tad too saturated for my liking. I continue to see a lot of people going back to roots again, like a lot of the root stuff, like basic stuff, and reinventing the whole wheel again. Uh, so I think 2015 is going to be quite interesting that way. Cool. And then on our domestic front, um, Shem's Shem's working on a house garage EP. Is that the one that he's already said he's putting out, or is that a different one? No, that's a different one. I think that might be on SoFi. I, I'm oh, not so okay. sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Sham's always quite vague as well, so I kind of leave it to him to uh, update me when he can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he's specifically working on a house garage uh, uh, EP for us because that's, that's really what I think uh, I want him to put out on Darken and Wax to separate himself away from the whole beat grind thing anyway. Um, Samuel Troy is going to work on something. Trey is going to work on an 80s funk inspired album. So watch out for that. So who's that? Trias? Uh, yeah, tr- uh, Trey and Carlton. Oh, Trey and Trey and sorry, yeah. yeah Trian, so there's yeah. another dude called uh, Trias who makes similar like. Oh yeah. Tr- Trias is nuts, man. Trias yeah, he's is dope. Crazy. 
He's dope. He's dope. He's so underrated as well. He's dope. Um, so he's gonna collaborate with a few people. We are gonna put out an EP for Mickey Rose, that vocalist from uh, from LA, uh, together with Movement. So that should be quite interesting. Shams on it, JR Jari's on it, Caillou's on it, um, Trian is on it again. FZPZ is on it, Singaporean guy that I just recently picked up. Okay, the, the name what? kind of rings a bell, but I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah, it's um, one of the ones where you see like a, a thousand names every day and you're not sure yeah. where it comes from. For real, for real. He's up and coming really good. Classically trained as well. So I'm going to release his stuff on the next Artist Spotlight series. Um, and I'm sure you know about it because so, I'm going to keep you pure on that as well. Yeah, yeah. I keep yeah. an eye already, but I for real, bro. it, man. <laughs> <laughs> for cool. real, man. So cool. a busy year ahead. Yeah, pretty busy. And obviously with shows possibly in Europe in the later part of the year, I'm working towards that right now. So we are missing. Cool. Okay. Second to last question. Sure. When can we expect version 2.0 of the website to go live? <laughs> a very good question. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's met with some delays, unfortunately, but I can safely say now in the next two months, it's going to be up. Okay. Okay, yeah. I'm going to hold you to that. Yeah, Not that it means that. anything, but I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's time. It's time. I, yeah, we got to get it done. Okay, cool. And I think you answered this already just now, actually. But yeah, my final question was, what are Darker Than Wax's plans for the year? Yeah, more shows, more collabs. Um, we're kind of working with a uh, another production company called Amok Films. So we're going to produce this series called In The Pocket, which is basically like an intimate live session of DJs and selected musicians playing in a very local shop house in Singapore. It's, good. it's one of my pet projects that I, I'm really excited about. So you're going to see it over the next few months. I'm not going to say a lot more, but yeah, it's going to be okay. quite interesting. It's going to be yeah. quite interesting. And then um, a second vinyl collab with uh, Cascade coming right up in uh, October. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Busy, busy, awesome. yeah. <laughs> cool. Oh, cool. Uh, yes. extra question. Uh, yes. Any any news on a Brazilian Darker Than Wax release? So the Brazilian equivalent of the Dutch. Of the Could Dutch, yeah. You mentioned it ages ago. <laughs> I know. Um, still gathering tracks. Um, it's definitely going to happen. Our original plan was to tie it together with the Brazilian tour, but um, I think due to my hectic schedule, uh, I don't think that's really possible. Yeah. But I, I am going to work with McGuim, and he's co-compiling that together with me. So that's definitely going to come out before 2015. Yeah. Uh, ends so yeah for sure for sure cool cool I'm glad that's good <laughs> yeah awesome, for sure man. man bro yeah that's it for the it's questions coming. man thanks a lot man bro thank you man thank, thank you bro peace bless <laughs>